31st. It's me, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Frickin' Aaron Wiseman. And I am excited to be with you today on this solo cast. And also, hey, I did a thing and I got to tell you about it. I joined the Doctor Podcast Network. That's right. It's a group of other physicians. We're doing this podcasting thing. And now we're going to do it all together. And one of the things with the group is we are actually sponsored by different companies. So you're going to start to hear ads coming across either from somebody selling us something or doing a service or just promoting other podcasts in the network. And why I'm doing this, one, is to help promote Dr. B first. Of course, I want to reach more people. But two, also just recognizing that we really are better together. And by partnering with podcasts that probably I would never even listen to, I'm learning so much from people who've been outside of my sphere. So the first person that I want to introduce you to is Ryan Inman. And he's the owner-operator of Physician Wealth Services. The really cool thing about Ryan is, is he's actually not a physician. He is married to an alpha female. So qualifies 100% to be on this podcast. Let me tell you a little bit about Physician Wealth Services. It's a fee-only financial planning firm dedicated to the financial well-being of physicians. Ryan is the founder and the creator and host of the Financial Residency Podcast. He's getting a shit ton of downloads over there. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of jealous. But anyway, he's developed a sense of responsibility to help physicians with their financial goals after witnessing how vulnerable his wife was to poor advice during her residency. He was shocked that so many financial advisors tried to take advantage of her and her peers. So he started PWS as a fee practice so that he could work exclusively with docs who could benefit from an unbiased quality financial advice. So working with Ryan is totally simple and transparent. There's no BS. There's no AUMs, assets under management, no products to be sold, no commissions to pay, nothing like that. Just a flat monthly fee. So to work with Ryan, head over to the Doctor Podcast Network. It's a pretty cool little website, and go doctorspodcastnetwork.com backslash physician wealth. Find out more about him and let somebody who has a good heart and really cares about you and understands because he hashtag lives with an alpha female take care of you and your money situation. So there you go. That's one of our people in the network. Isn't that amazing? I'm going to have so much more to share with you guys, and I'm super excited about that. Let's talk a little bit about this episode today, and I'm answering the question, what's the difference between grinding and hustle culture and working towards your goals? Mm, Such a good question, because guess what? The line is totally blurry right now, and it's been super blurry for me in the past, and it still is a little bit blurry right now, but I'm working on it. So I want to bring all of that research, all of my experience, all of my knowledge, and let's answer this question today. I know I can't be the only one that has found it super difficult to define the difference between grinding and hustle culture and generally working for your goals. And I've sat back and thought about it. And I think because many times in my life, I thought I was generally working towards my goals, but I was so entrenched and so grinding that it's not a clean break. It's it's more like 
trying to pull apart two pieces of tape and not know like where one ends and the other begins. And so I'm going to do my very best today to explain the difference and to try to bring out the different nuances. But I want to encourage you to really sit with this question as well and determine for yourself, what's the difference between me grinding and hustling and burning out and me genuinely working towards my goals? So this is what I've come up with so far. So you're in the middle of grinding and hustle culture when it's coming from a place of obligation, of shoulds, of expectations versus when you're authentically and genuinely trying to live your life and meet your goals, you'll do it from a place of values, like understanding your core values, understanding what you truly value deepest to you. When you have joy before, during, and after, when you're doing an activity or a task or a job, when you can say that I feel fulfilled and I'm working my purpose, and this feels really true to me, this feels really authentic to me. And so with that, I want to break down a little bit more about hustle culture. And what I've kind of pulled out are some key phrases that I feel like defines hustle culture which is failure is not an option. Like you keep working, you just, there. it is not an option. When in fact, failure is always an option. It's always a potential that it's going to happen. But in whole hustle culture, it's not. Pain and suffering are badges of honor. I feel like that epitomizes hustle culture. The feeling of being chewed up and spit out. Do or die. I'm calling in dead. Taking a break is for the weak. I think also we're in the middle of hustle culture when we're asking ourselves, what's wrong with me? When it's all like me focused, constantly working, more exhaustion. I think another important point I wrote down was never looking back and always pushing forward. If you're never taking time for self-reflection, if you're never just having moments of white space and just breathing, you're in the middle of hustle culture. If you keep saying like, I just got to get to the end of this goal and our rest. Or when your success story feels like disappointment and unsustainable. Also, I think hustle culture is epitomized when we equate it to like a battle or a fight. If you've been listening to podcasts, you know that I'm an athlete. And so many times people bring into athletic this like warrior symbolism archetype. And I think people then try to translate that in over to their work and to their life and and what they're trying to succeed at. But again, like, do I want to live my life in like fight or fight? I don't think so. I, and I think that's one thing that hustle culture is grounded in, is like in the fight, in the battle, in the like do or die win or be defeated. I just don't think that's what life is. And very much so, hustle culture is another word for being a workaholic. And as I've been working on my second book and writing in it, it's kind of memoir, personal development, all mixed together in a wonderful combination. But I've really come to the realization that Hustle culture feels good because work becomes your drug. Let me read you a little segment of what I wrote the other day. It started out positive, my workaholicism. I remember the first time running track as a sixth grader. 
I was running in practice and thought, if I push a little harder, I could beat all of these other girls. Then I realized, push a little harder and I could beat most of the boys too. With more success, there also came more head talk until my inner voice was always shouting, run harder, faster. I was an extremely talented athlete and my mental game propelled me even further. I learned to lean in on that inner head talk in other ways. Stay up later to double check all your work. Plus talk to all your friends on AOL. Head to school early so you can do two morning meetings and then hit the weight room. The adults in my life praised me for my dedication, commitment, and scrappiness. So when did this internal motivational superpower turn into my personal kryptonite? I'm really not sure. I wasn't exposed to witnessing my thoughts well until my 30s. And sometimes I wonder how I made it through my teens and my 20s without any self-destructive habits. And then I realized work. Work has been my drug. And I'm a workaholic. My self-talk pushes me to it. Not alcohol or cutting or bulimia or pot. Not sex or shopping or gambling. Work. If I smoked dope or drank alcohol or snorted cocaine, I probably would have gotten to the point earlier of seeing that it was a problem. But because my addiction is work, no one around me saw that as a problem. They actually cheered me on. They told me I was doing a really great job. And this made my professional burnout that much more traumatic for me. Because to have to recover from your coping mechanism, my drug in a field that doesn't understand this type of addiction. Instead, my colleagues and bosses praised it. They lifted up and they honored it. This is the danger of hustle culture. Are you with me on that? I mean, work really was and still continues to be this day, my drug, my excuse, my out. And its partner in crime is technology and social media. That can be my excuse, my out and my drug. And until like any addiction, you wake up and realize that you're no longer in control. The cycle continues to perpetuate. And I think that's why hustle culture (sighs) continues to have our claws in us because I feel like at least I've woken up to it and realized, whoa, like this is a problem. But with medicine and other high-performance careers, there's still so many other people who are still drinking from the bottle that don't realize it's harmful. Because studies show the same people who hustle and are successful also have increased anxiety higher depression rates, higher incidences of divorce, less amount of sleep, and more poor mental health. And actually, when you're in the middle of this, you have lower productivity and lower creativity. So many times those who are toting the hustle culture mantras are not doing that well health-wise. And on the flip side, too, the people who are the Instagram influencers and social media folks, they tote hustle culture, but they're not actually doing the work. They're not the ones putting in the days, getting the three hours of sleep and turning around and doing it all over again. But you and me, friend, we know we've been in those damn trenches, not just day after day, not just week after week, not month after month either, but year after year after year. And so what I want to do is encourage you if this is resonating at all that like, holy shit, like this is, (laughs) 
this is what I've been living in, is to say, but you don't. If you can recognize it, if you can name it, if you can start to look at it in the face, then you can change it. And so how do you go from being activated in a system that is all about hustle into a system that is truly about achieving your goals in a sustainable, joy-filled, authentic way. Well, here's, here's a few tips that I want to give you to encourage you. To not work longer, to not work harder, but to work smarter. And yeah, 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 I know you're probably shaking your head because you're like, Aaron, you don't get it, but I do get it. I 110% get it that the idea that I always believed in my head was that if I work harder, everything will work out. If I work longer, I will have better outcomes. Everything will work out. I will succeed. I will make more money. But that carrot continues to move. The working harder, the working longer, the generating more RVUs, it's an ever-moving target. So when do you say enough? And you say no. Like, I'm not going to do this anymore. This is where my line is. This is what I will do, and this is what I will no longer tolerate. And so working smarter is so important. And so here are my top tips on how to work towards your goals and stay out of hustle culture. One, these are, and also these are going to be both life coachy, but also very practical because I think it's important to approach both. So the first one is a very practical. It's time blocking, literally setting up your schedule. And instead of setting up your schedule and then shoving things around the edges, actually doing a real schedule. Like if it takes you 30 minutes to take a shower, brush your teeth, get ready for the day, then put 30 minutes on your schedule. Don't try to shove it in in like seven. If you need a 45-minute lunch, then take a 45-minute lunch and put it in your schedule. No more double doing, charting, catching up on paperwork and seeing, you know, shoving in a couple extra patients. Like truly time blocking your schedule to accurately represent what you are doing in those moments. This is totally a side rant, but if you haven't seen the studies yet, we totally suck at multitasking. Like we think we're really good at it and that we get a lot of stuff done and that it's demanding on our time. But actually studies are showing when you multitask, you're doing a worse job than if you were intentionally concentrating on one task at a time. But again, that's a total total tangent right now. But it's the same essential thing as what I'm talking about with time blocking is like setting those spots in your schedule that are non-negotiable and be like, no, this is what the activity happens for this today. I would say I am like, 50% successful at this so far. I used to be 5% successful at this. <laughs> so I'm making a little bit of progress, but it's taken me years to be like, no, if it says rest in my time block, then I need to rest. If it says check emails, then I just check emails. I don't try to put another call in. I don't try to record other podcasts because I time block that in other places. Because what this does when you put dedicated time, you're very focused, you're super productive, you get into flow and creativity quicker and sooner, and you get your shit done. And then you move on to the next thing instead of working longer and working harder. Tip number two is doing that exact thing, which is accurately estimating your time blocks. There are so many times in my life that I would show up 45 minutes, an hour, two hours late. And my family always joked about Aaron running on quote unquote doctor time. Same thing with my husband. 
he'll show up two hours late. He'll say he'll be home at five. He'll be home at like eight. And we always call that farmer time. Well, dad's on farmer time right now. And that's because we underrepresent how much time things are actually going to take. And it's detrimental because then it makes you rush, then it makes you push, then it makes you grind. When instead, if something's going to take a while, then just acknowledge it's going to take a while. I don't know why we underestimate on our time. Maybe it's because we want to shove more things in or we think we should be doing better than what we should do. We should just accurately say like, no, this is probably going to take me two hours. And am I okay with that? Am I choosing that or am I not? And making adjustments from there. So time blocking, uh, accurately estimating your time blocks. And then three, do your work. And then when the time is up, walk away from that time block. But you're like, no, 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 no. Like, let me, let me finish this up. No, like literally set the timer, do what's put in your time block. If you have accurately estimated what, how much time it was going to take, then at the end of the time, it's time to walk away and stop and then move on to the next thing. Because if you're like me, I get so engrossed with things. I'm like, no, 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 just like 10 more minutes. And 10 minutes actually turns into 30 minutes. And then 30 minutes turns into an hour. And before too long, I've been in my office basement for like four hours and I didn't even realize it. And I've blown the rest of my schedule. And then I'm caught up in like the anxiety and the like, oh my God, I got to get all this other stuff done. But you see how you can stop that if you like set the timer and this is what needs to be done. I had actually started doing this when I was in med school and I would be like, okay, I'm going to study physiology for 30 minutes and I'm going to get up and take a break or I'm going to go through my anatomy flashcards and then after, you know, 45 minutes, then get up and walk the dog. We have to continue those good habits into our schedule now because if we don't, we will so easily lapse back into hustle culture. Okay, number four tip is you must have space in your schedule for white space, and I'll explain what white space is in a minute. You must have in your schedule fun and pleasure, and you must have in your schedule sleep. And actually, I would encourage you that these three things must start going in your schedule first, and then you build everything else around it. I know. Are you ready to have like a panic attack when I say that? I remember the first time when I was working through my coach and she made me sit down and schedule in fun time. She was like, Erin, you have like no fun in your life. I'm like, what? I was still telling myself the story that I was still that like fun person from 15 years ago when in fact I was in the middle of my burnout and like hating every aspect of my life. But it was so hard. It was so hard to put an hour block where it just said, have fun. And then when I got to that hour block, like, oh, my God, I didn't even know what I wanted to do. So I would totally avoid it and start cleaning or folding laundry or distract myself because I had forgot what fun was like. And I forgot how to have fun and to play and what it was like to just do things for pleasure. And I'm not just talking about sexual pleasure. I'm just talking about the sensation of doing something because it feels awesome. And so that's why I want to encourage you, if you truly want to get out of hustle culture, if you want to get out of a mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual exhaustion, which is what burnout is, which is what is perpetuated by hustle culture, you have to, with a capital H, schedule in sleep, like regular sleep hours. And I'm going to tell you too, like, 
it's not easy going from like four or five hours of sleep to then try to start sleeping seven, eight, nine hours a night. Or God forbid, like when you don't sleep at night because <laughs> you're a nocturnist, how it is to sleep during the day. So what I want you to do is just start adding an hour or two at a time. So if right now on average you get about five hours of sleep, which was about my typical for several years, then I just want you to start adding an hour. And I want you to put it on your calendar and I want it to remind you like when it's time to actually go to bed. And again, time block a spot that says an hour before, like time to start getting ready to go to bed. And then another one an hour later that says, get your ass to bed. Because it's so important to have those reminders because remember, rest is when we unplug our brain. It's when we reset. It's when our neurotransmitters get to do all their funky stuff and replenish. Sleep is actually more therapeutic than antidepressants, than antipsychotics. Because remember, like, what do we do with antipsychotics? Like, we snow people to make them sleep because we know how restorative it is. So you've got to start getting that into your schedule. You've got to schedule fun and play, and you've got to schedule white space. So white space kind of gets a bad rap sometimes because people think this is like where you just like sit on the couch and do nothing. Now, that's absolutely an option that you can do. But white space is actually, uh, if you think about it in the terms of like architecture, where there's like busy space and then there's like open space, where there's a lot of texture versus negative space. So think of your schedule like that, where it's just like, go, 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 room to room to room. Take care of these patients in and out of this OR. Pick up those kids. Da, 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 da. White space is just where you simply, it's open. It just is. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no like destination, have to be doing anything. It's open space in your schedule. And then you ask yourself in the white space, what am I needing right now? What would feel like fun and pleasure? And then you go do those things. And like I said, sometimes that's like just going and crashing in bed and taking a nap or it's sitting down on the couch and with your cup of coffee and looking out the window at the birds and the snow and the things blowing by. Other days, maybe it's working on a project that you're doing or picking up a book that you had been reading. Or maybe it is some other things like going outside and, and doing a chore outside. But the purpose is not to do nothing. The purpose of white space is simply to open up your schedule, to lighten it, to bring in the air, to bring in freshness, just like in a building when we have open white space. So think about it that way. Again, I started it with like one or two hours a week. And that's what I make my participants in the burnt out to badass group do is their homework assignment is two hours the first week and then slowly build it up titrate as needed. I finally got into this space on Fridays. Fridays are my total white space. I don't work on Fridays. I intentionally build that in and it really has been so glorious. And then the weeks that do get filled up on Fridays, I can totally feel that. So that's tip number four. And then tip number five to get out of hustle culture, to stop working longer and harder and instead start working smarter is delegation. Friends, teamwork makes the dream work. It's so important to recognize that hustle culture is all about me. It's about me getting it done. The only person who can get it done perfectly is me. I have to touch all things. It's me. So if you want to get out of it, you have to start delegating tasks off to people. 
And those can be things that you don't want to do. Those can be things that you'd like to do, but you don't have time to do. Those can be things that are just extra and you would just like to have them done. But having other people help you. It's about training those people, be it people who come into your home and help with momming stuff. Maybe it's people in the business. Maybe it's people in your physician world. Maybe it's people in other businesses that you work in. Maybe it's a non-for-profit space that you're a part of. Train those people well. Give them realistic expectations, tangible takeaway points, and feedback when they do things. And then the last thing, which is the hardest thing, is then trust them to do it. Trust yourself that you found the right person and you've trained them adequately, and then trust that person to get it done. And let me tell you, it really does make a difference. That teamwork really does make the dream work because then that opens up more space for you. And then you can time block and you can have white space and you can rest. And it's absolutely phenomenal what can happen. Because what are you paying for your time? What are you paying for your health, for your memories by staying in hustle culture? What are you giving away by continually grinding, grinding, grinding? And I would say, look at the flip side. What if you can have your time back, your health back, your memories, new memories to start making? What would that be worth to you? To me, it's worth about a million bucks. And so that's where I'm living these days. That's what I'm trying to do. And that's my solo cast on what's the difference between grinding and hustle culture and actually authentically trying to achieve your goals and how to do it. Friends, it's been great hanging out with you. Remember to check out Ryan Inman with Physician Well Services by going to drpodcastnetwork.com backslash physicianwellness. He's there to help you with your finances in the same way that you take care of your patient's health. Guys, it's so great to do this. I've got so many other fun solo casts that are coming out. I'm excited to share them with you, excited to share my journey. Just so you know, I'm not getting 100% right, and that is a-okay. I'm here to be a voice in a conversation, not the guru. So with that, remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. what it's like to hang out in a group with me, to catch me live in person and around all the other amazing women who listen to this podcast. Well, I want to invite you to our monthly free, totally free masterclass that happens the last Sunday of every single month at 2 p.m. Eastern time. That's right. So much fun. So much collective goodness all in one place. We're still doing the Be Happy Now series. And so I break down a topic each month that will help propel you into living a life where you can be freaking happy now. So if interested, jump on the website, burntouttobadass.com and sign up for this next month's masterclass. I can't wait to see you there.